Hello team, it's Fab here, founder and head teacher at All Marketing School and your Marketing BFF. I want to remind you that there is a special invitation for you to join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Get certified as a positive impact strategy and make people fall in love with you and your work. Reclaim your time, understand the marketing foundations with a positive impact spin. If you are a marketing freelancer who wants to raise the quality of services and do more with less, or maybe you are an early stage marketeer ready to invest to gain real experience in building a strategy with purpose, or you're a marketing leader who wants to be recognized as a go-to expert and tackle new growth challenges. Whether you are beginners or whether you have some confidence into your strategy, we want to support you. We want to help you achieve your strategic goals, toss confettis in the air, and blast your favorite hype song as you get through eight incredible weeks with me and the rest of our faculty. Think about our certification as marketing training at university standards, not prices. So if you're ready to join us and you want to check out our incredible curriculum, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash certification. I repeat, amschool.click slash certification to find out more and learn what you are going to go through in our eight weeks. From marketing foundations all the way to leadership and storytelling skills, we're also going to cover strategic marketing blocks and advanced marketing tools. Plus, you get workshops, hot seats, group work, and even timely panels with incredible experts in the field. So what are you waiting for? No, I mean it. Our next cohort is starting real soon. So make sure that you head to amschool.click slash certification to come and join us and learn how to market to hearts, not to brains. Welcome to Alt Marketing School. We are currently bringing together a new wave of marketers, just like yourself. We want to provide you with the skills to speak to your audience perfectly, empower clients with winning strategies to market their brands, champion their values, and make a positive impact in the online world. My name is Fab, and I'm your host. May the class begin. Hello team and welcome back to Old Marketing School. My name is Fab and I am your teacher and I'm back again with a gorgeous interview today. And as you may know, and if you don't know and you're new, hello my dear friend, so nice to meet you. We have interviews and conversations with experts, marketers, professionals, as well as founders and Today, we have a treat. We have a founder. We have Jenna, the founder of Jenna Street, which is a premium handbag brand designed in Berlin and made of 100% by European craftsmen with animal-free materials. I'm very excited to talk to her because, well, talking about the brand is going to go for so many different elements. It's not just the purpose-driven side of things. We're also going to talk about market research and getting reliable data and feedback from your audience as well as diving into some other things that the brand is working on, including a more mindful fashion industry approach. And also, Jenna Street is on a journey to becoming 100% plant-based and circular. Jenna's story itself is quite exciting as well. After studying law in Paris, Jenna was filled with an urge to spice things up. She continued to Bangladesh and then, well, her life took yet another turn. She then continued her way to different countries, including Pakistan, for a total of two years. 
and after co-founding her first company, Selling Leather Goods, her path and search for purpose led to the creation of Jenna Street, her goal being to lead a company with values of peace, respect, and harmony. And this is where we are today, a gorgeous conversation with Jenna. As always, if you want to catch on some exclusive questions and exclusive answers, don't forget to check Alt Marketing Pro. If you go to altmarketingschool.com slash join, you'll be able to find out more about our pro membership. In the meantime, though, buckle up. It's time for an incredible interview with the lovely Jenna. I hope you're going to enjoy it. May today's class begin. Good day, team. Good day, Jenna. How are you doing today? Very good. Thank you. (laughs) And yourself? I'm really excited to have you. I am incredibly jealous. Whenever somebody is speaking from a gorgeous location like Portugal, where you currently are, uh, which I'm sure you'll tell us a bit more about, I'm always a bit jealous. I mean, not taking it out from England, but I do like warmth. I'm Italian after all, so I do like warmth. You know what it is. Thank you so much for being with us today. And I'm really excited. I love talking to professionals. I'm going to say this, obviously, and marketers. That's my jam. But I equally love to talk to founders because I think... There's so many interesting stories that we have to share when it comes to launching a brand and obviously a brand that has so many ramifications and also trying to make a positive impact and make a difference. And I think there's so many lessons that we can learn in general about how our audience resonating with that and also what have we learned through that process. So I know there's going to be a lot of that. Before that, though, we're going to break the ice. We're ready? ready to All right. Very Next. curious. <laughs> I've got two questions for you. And the first one is a bit more serious. Yeah. So what is the biggest piece of advice about business, let's say, and maybe starting a business that you disagree with and why? If you were to think about one piece of advice that just came into your head, that you know people share all the time, mm-hmm. that you disagree with, what would that be and why would that be? I think that uh, when people want to start a business, the advice that they get the most is, you know, you should like talk about your idea and ask for opinions and, uh, you know, put it out there and everything. I think this is, I mean, I agree to it until a certain point. I think the first thing that should come is asking yourself why you want to start a business. Once you've managed to really honestly figure this point out, then you can talk to people, then you can figure out the, you know, the how you want to do it. And yes, get their advice, but to a certain extent, at some point you just need to stop and you just need to own your decision, to own, to listen to your intuition and own it and embrace it and embrace the fact that you're probably going to run into a ton of walls and a ton of obstacles and challenges. It's all part of the fun. So you know, you can, so again, just to put it short, listen to people, get all the advice possible, but then stay true to your, to your first, you know, to your intuition and accept to uh, fall on your face a couple of times. (laughs) You know, I love both, both the elements, but also what I love the most is, is that reminder, which not not many people talk about, of the fact that I say this a lot and it sounds really crude. So bear with advice is free. So take it sparingly because everybody can give you advice. And that's a great thing. And as you say, there's an element, but I'm doing the same right now with a landing page at the time of recording for actually for all the marketing school. And we're really grateful that I can get a lot of feedback from fellow people that are doing what I'm doing. 
but I know that if I keep listening, there's always going to be somebody who's going to be like, maybe you can change that. Maybe you can move this. So at some point, it almost becomes counterproductive to be, oh, yeah, I haven't done the next step because I'm waiting for this to be the right way. And that's why I always like to say, you know, just be mindful of advice because often comes as free. And when it comes as free, there's plenty of it. And so yeah. you never want to stop. And I think it's really important. So I love that you said that. I want to ask you, is there a moment or is there something like throughout the path and the journey of the brand where you really felt your intuition coming really strong you know obviously I think it comes at a different stage but was it maybe like a choice or a change something that really your intuition said do this or don't do this I think uh, in two aspects uh, the first one is uh, whenever I was defining the mission or the vision of the brand you know creating a, a fashion brand which main purpose of course is aesthetics and creating a brand universe but also try to show uh, a different way of doing things through the materials that we use but also through the way that we process the way that we're working towards circularity and basically this this uh, strong desire of you know trying to like seek for harmony in everything we do so be it through the processes internally, be it through, I don't know, the way we communicate as a team, but also, of course, the product that we produce and how we produce them and also how we tell a story, how we make our community participate in the story. Our little keychains uh, that are handmade in Pakistan uh, by a women empowerment organization. So all of the things that are part of what makes the brain DNA, I think, there, my intuition was absolutely clear. And the second thing is more from a design perspective. So I don't know, uh, I would say that my forte goes more towards creative direction. And uh, so I know what I like visually and I know what I don't like. And so when it comes to <laughs> the aesthetics of the collections, for instance, or certain photo shoots or a certain way of displaying things, uh, my intuition speaks out. For other things, it's more like, calm but uh, <laughs> no one there, there I seek advice yeah. <laughs> we know those women who are literally screaming don't do that or please let's change that no and that's that's why I love mentioning it because um I believe there's a strong there's a strong point when it comes to whatever you do in business again obviously we have a lot of marketers but we also have a lot of small founders and business owners there's the element of intuition and sometimes you say the word intuition and a lot of people blank and they feel like mm, you're going to ask me to meditate, which I do. So there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but I'd be like, oh, you aren't going to ask me to start, you know, picking cards or doing tarot. It's not necessarily that, but it's like a lot of the time we know what we want to, we know where we want to go. And our body can actually tell if we feel confident about something before our mind knows. And I think that's one of the things like if there's an element of, of lack of confidence or doubt is always hard to understand. But I think it's it's a bit of a compass that we can use sometimes. So I love that you mentioned that because I think it comes across a lot. Now I have a fun question. The second icebreaker. Imagine you have all the money in the world, as in you can get as much support and backing as possible. You have the chance now. Oh, God to start a new business and you can start it tomorrow. What would the business be? It can be anything. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I think, I think I would probably expand the business that I have right now, but in a lot more different 
categories, but also like perspective. Basically, I would use this this money to think way more about the impact, the environmental impact that it can have, rather than you know worrying about selling products or you know surviving financially or like thriving on a purely you know on growth and everything, which are obviously topics that are that are major when you are a small business and uh, when you're still pretty young as a company. But I would I would take the vision to a next level. So I don't know if uh, that makes sense, but I would need to to write down a proper plan <laughs> for that. But I would definitely go like full speed into impact mode. Yeah. And I love the use of the word impact as well, because I think it's a reminder. And it's actually the question that I had for you, based on what we just talked about as well with the previous question, is especially as you grow in a business and you're trying to align it with your values and understand what your values are. I believe that it's about finding the balance between wanting to support different avenues or kind of reflect different values, but also not spreading yourself too thin and be, I want to help everything and everyone. And obviously Mm. you don't end up being able to do all of it, especially as a small business. So obviously you have the environmental element plus obviously the plant-based element in itself, which are kind of together, but also separate. And then you also have a strong emphasis on the women empowerment side of things. So as a brand that is rooted in impact already, how did you not necessarily choose, but how did you get clear on which values did you want to spotlight and what were the things you really wanted to champion and go forward when it came to, okay, I have an impact, I can bring a purpose in, what am I going to choose and what am I going to focus on? It's a very good question because I think nowadays one can be very overwhelmed with all the topics that you know we need to like change or work towards, which makes also our era extremely interesting. I think I was purely based on experience. Uh, I had the chance to start my career, a company that made me based in uh, in countries like Bangladesh, uh, Myanmar, and Pakistan where I spent two years. Uh, I was not working in fashion directly, but in like e-commerce. And so for the women empowerment side, I think it was clear that I was evolving in societies where um, that are pretty, I mean, like ours, but maybe more patriarchal in a way, and uh, where uh, women education is not necessarily put forward, uh, women rights in general. And so where there is a, a lot of things to tackle and a lot of challenges. So uh, when I was living in, uh, in Karachi, I actually met with the founder of uh, a women empowerment organization that I thought was doing an incredible job. I went there, uh, visited the place, spent some time there, exchanged with the managers and uh, then decided to put this little program with the keychains in place. It's more, it's, it was really more like, uh, because I was really seduced by the project and because I I could see it with my own eyes that I decided to directly work with them I would have never done it if I had just you know seen images on Instagram like on on Instagram on on the internet there was a true um, emotional trigger I would say uh, behind it it also aligned with the value and the motto of the brand which is follow the arrow it's like the little arrows in the logo of the brand and uh, at the like now we're pivoting a little bit to refocus on the environment, but I also was hosting a blog where I was interviewing women about their drive and why they do certain things and so on. So it all circled around this, this first theme of women empowerment and helping each other out. 
and uh, and for the environment. So I, when I was in Pakistan, I uh, actually co-founded a, a leather bag brand for men. That was the first uh, the first company that I co-founded. And after visiting the tanneries and spending time, uh, you know, in the backstage of what uh, wearing an animal skin product actually means, I got very humbled, um, and uh, I just I just decided very very early on that I needed to to do things differently. And this is how I I started working on, on a new supply chain, which is entirely vegan, uh, also made in Europe. And slowly, basically, the I exited this this first company and uh, and started Jenna Street. So it was pure, I would say it was experience, it was emotions, something that really made me vibrate or in which I, I scented like rejection and decided, okay, I, I should work on this. There is a way. To, to do things differently and I'm going to try it. I'm going to ask you a question based on this because I love that you shared some of the journey and I can see different touch points and I can potentially see different uh, struggles. You talked about falling on your face sometimes and that's kind of sometimes it happens, right? And I wanted out of some of the roadblocks, like we can call them as well, that might have presented over time, is there one particularly that you are glad you experienced? So if there's like a challenge, uh a roadblock, an obstacle that happened throughout and you're really happy you experienced, what would that be? Mm, I think um, I would say that, um, I don't know, I think there's not one mistake. I think uh, I think part of being an entrepreneur and, you know, this, this journey as a whole is... Uh, is is made of uh, yeah of trial and errors and let me think i mean i could you could if you if you look at what i've done before you could think that uh, co-founding a leather brand was a mistake you know it's like why why would she do this if she's like so strong about vegan products today but this is like if i had not done this and if i had not seen it from the inside i would not be able to to actually to, like to feel so strongly about why i'm doing this today so i don't see it as like you know, something I should hide from my past, but actually from something that I came back from and where I want to, you know, do things differently. It's almost a place of knowing that that was, you know, those little moments that, you know, you've learned something from it and that's what makes you even more, add a commitment or even better, you can say sometimes of what you do right now because you understand it from the experience. Mm -hmm. And also it's, it's going back to the idea that... <laughs> How do you call these, right? Is Are they mistakes? Are they challenges? I like the words challenges and roadblocks or sometimes uh, some people call them failures. You know, semantics are very funny. And obviously they put a lot of emotional load, I think, especially when you are in charge, if you are a founder, you are in charge of a lot of things and you feel like, how can I accept these, let's call them challenges for now, uh, with grace and how can I actually learn from them? without having them constantly coming back and define me. So it's, it's always hard to almost like look at them and be like, was it really a mistake? Because actually I learned something from it or allowed me to now know what I want to do. But as you say, it's very important to understand, you know, that you don't have to hide from it or you don't have to hide it if you feel it actually made you better at what you do right now. Um, and it goes back to another point that I was curious about, which is, how do you find you can bridge the gap between, you know, making this difference and obviously having a high impact business, I would almost say, because there's a lot of different drives of purpose. And then talking to your audience and communicating with the audience and in sharing that side of the brand, 
but also you're sharing the fact that you've got gorgeous bags and then you're also sharing the fact that you know this is who you are and you would like them to obviously buy those bags so how do you find that combination between the element of maybe education the inspiration and obviously the overall kind of creation of content and relationship with your audience yeah it's a very good question and because this is a challenge that i actually found at the beginning where i was uh, going in in really three different directions there was the vegan uh, topic there was the environmental topic and there was the women empowerment topic and at some point this is why i said that we pivoted a little bit because i think we left the like we decided not to highlight as much the women empowerment topic and to really focus on what is the core of the brand is like this product this product is a desirable object but it also has a story and um so we kept the the partnership about the keychain and everything with the woman in pakistan but really made it as a surprise when the the customer receives the bag and in there it's explained with little postcards and everything but this is not something that we decided to push forward because we are not like it's it's a detailed surprise it's part of my story my personal story but it's not what defines the brand what again what defines the brand is the product how it's made what it's made of and also the the fact that we are working on on circularity so the lifetime cycle of the product itself through the the circular back program that we put together um and i think that one of the things that made us realize this is when we did, when we started what we call the community lab it's basically followers of the brand who we you know we gathered we uh, prospected and everything to create this this poll of people who answer mini surveys that we send them uh, mini surveys are going from uh, what's their purchase like fashion purchasing habits uh, who they are what's important to them when they consume fashion what's what are they expecting for us is our message clear and also then also some design inputs again to a certain point <laughs> but yeah this community lab is an amazing tool we have almost 500 members uh, it's not huge but it's enough to get you know to just uh, cross check some some so some gut feeling or some intuition we're talking about this later uh, that you may have uh, you may think that certain messages in your brand is the most important but do they come across as such are the values that you want to insist on clear for the people how do they perceive you and so on and so forth i just love the idea of combining almost like a market research pool and obviously like group of people making a more into a community and also as in the element of obviously incentivizing them as well can i ask you because excellent idea but can i ask you is it this might be like a bit of a evolving iteration of it did you sounds really bad did you nail it the first time or were you actually are you tried and then you learned from people's reactions or people not maybe like responding to the surveys i would love to hear just stand a bit more from a from a backside perspective because i think it's an excellent way to do it and a, a lot of other brands do it as well but i know that it can be hard to get people to tell you things <laughs> yes. finding the best ways to make it easy for them as well yeah so the first um the first surveys that we sent was way too long for instance so we could measure the the drop rate which is pretty big and also the time that people were answering we thought they they would take two minutes they were taking like four and a half which is way too much for instance so yeah we had to we had a first version of our first survey and then we fine tuned it and like really narrowed it down to to the essentials 
Then when once we started to get more and more data, we were like, okay, I think we're pretty clear on this. So let's just cut this and go straight to a shorter version again. And of course, we started with friends and family and friends of friends, like as a favor. But then we also made it clear that, uh, you know, the time that they spend on this uh, is, is precious uh, for us. And therefore, we wanted to, like you said, incentivize them um, and propose, for instance, like vouchers or to be the first, you know, to get access to certain sales or to like, yeah, basically uh, kind of having a win-win situation. And I think that also really helped. This is my fear. I mean, all of it is great, but my favorite bit is how much we underestimate because I find it as a business owner and as a marketer that the amount of time or the amount of complexity sometimes are the things that we ask people to do. We're like, yeah, it's going to take five minutes. And then you're like, oh, actually, no, it took them like 10. And um, I love, because from what you were saying, I heard obviously the element of looking back and looking at the little things that will tell you where are people dropping off, how long is it actually taking them. And the difference from yourself and anybody that might be hearing, you might be like, this is excellent, but I never worked for me. It's probably because I didn't do that. I'll be honest, because I've worked for a lot of clients myself, because it takes time. And, you know, it's an extra thing to do. And then you have to like pivot and change and shift and it can feel sometimes people are like, I just don't want to do that. And I think it's really important to remember that if you can learn and look and understand, you can actually improve it. And then as you say, then you add the incentives, you make it work, and then it grows and people still give you the feedback that you want, which I think is absolutely wonderful as well. And if I may ask something also regarding the interpretation of data, it's very interesting when you when you're talking from an impact brand perspective to always keep in mind that, and I think this is also where people were spending way more time than we thought on the survey, is that they they would like to answer something according to you know how they would like to behave like more ethically and so on like but in reality what they say sometimes in the survey is like this um there's like projections the, this ideal projection of themselves it's not necessarily the way they're going to behave the second they're in front of like making the purchase decision what i mean by this is for instance sometimes you ask people would you be willing to spend more money and how much would it be if a product was like made in Europe, if it was vegan, if it was more sustainable? And people tend to say yes, but then, you know, you always have to balance the reality of it. <laughs> yeah, but this is also, this is super interesting. Um, but I mean, you can see it. And if you, if, if, <laughs> if Chris decides to use this as a snippet for the video, you're welcome. I'm kind of bowing in a really weird way because that is the most invaluable piece of advice. And I'll tell you, I created a... Twitter Heiko was really proud. I don't remember exactly, should I should check it on my phone, but it goes along the lines of people tell you what they think they want, but they will show you what they really want. There you go. I think it's like that. Copyright yeah. fab, but I was really proud of it. But it's because exactly what you said. That's why I was so excited and bowing like a weird person. Because they, whether it's because of their idolized version or because of what they think, as in, oh yeah, and I do, as you say, like in maybe if I had all the time in the world. I would join your events at 5 p.m. But then the real life is that you have to pick up the kids. Maybe in, the, in an ideal world, I would spend hours reading your magazine, God knows. But in an ideal world, I only find time when I'm on holiday. So as you say, we need to understand where they put themselves in. And one of my other tips, which is in the haiku that I mentioned, is if you can look at what they're saying, but also look at what they're doing, if you can combine the two together in a way, it's more time consuming and sometimes is frustrating as hell. I'm not going to lie <laughs> because you think you nailed it and then you realize that you need to kind of reassess that. 
but it can teach you a lot. And it's finding the fine balance between getting some feedback and data and then almost validating it by looking at, does this really happen though if I do this? Mm-hmm. Do they actually sign up for this, buy this, join this? So I love that you mentioned that because I think it's so important. Thank you so much for sharing all the wisdom, for giving us some really interesting actually things to think about as well and different and also for sharing your journey because again it's always is always what we think is like actually hearing the other people have had the good times and the bad times and that we all start from somewhere is a great reminder especially when as you say we want to put we are businesses and we're people that really want to put a big impact in onto the purpose that we have that is not just as you say about whether it's making the bags or selling the bags it goes beyond that and what we want to do now, if people, if people want to find out more about you, about Jenna, about the bags, where should they go? Let's direct them somewhere. Let's give them some love. Yeah, I mean, on the website, first of all, jenna-st, the street.com. Uh, on Instagram, there is a, we share a lot of things. And uh, we also have a pretty active LinkedIn uh, where we share um, industry articles and researches. Could be very interesting as well for people specifically interested in fashion industry. Um, Yeah, I would say mostly there. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Head to oldmarketingschool.com to find out more about the topics that we covered in this week's class. If you want to make your teachers happy, then hop onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to spread the love on Instagram at Alt Marketing School. Until next time.